So this morning's reading is taken from 1 John 2. So if you're following along, um, I'll give you a second to find it, because it always takes me ages to find. 1 John chapter 2, and I'm reading from the NIV. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have to come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his words, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Or we're going to use a slightly different version this morning. Whoever claims to live in Christ must live as Jesus did. Amen. Who here finds it really easy to remember Bible verses? Show me your hands. Some people, oh, okay, some of you do. Who finds it a little bit tricky to remember Bible verses? Who sometimes remembers them but aren't quite sure that they're the true translation? Yeah, okay, I'm glad it's not just me. I do that all the time. Um, And so I was thinking, oh, about what was the first Bible verse that I ever learned? Now, I don't know if some of you have been in Christian circles for a long time, and if you're a child of the 80s, does anyone remember the Donut Man? Does anyone remember the Donut Man? Yes, 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 love it. The Donut Man was an American, and he would do songs like that were amazing, like, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, keep it tidy, keep it clean, ooh la la, brush my hair. No? Okay, it was amazing. I love them, still sing them, clearly. And he, on, his, on my cassette of the Donut Man, because we're old, on the cassette was, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1, 1. And the only reason that I remember it is because on the tape, they were bouncing a basketball. And so it was to a beat. And so it was in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. And guys, I don't know a huge amount more than that. Let's be honest, that I know are completely true and right. So I um, have another verse that I love. But um, the way that I came to know about it was um, when I was baptised 22 years ago, um, I loved posters in my bedroom. Who grew up having loads of posters in their bedroom? Yeah, so when I was baptised, I was 14, so for me it was Craig David. All about Craig David. Still is, let's be honest. Um, Craig David, and I had posters of him everywhere and other stuff as well. And when I was baptised, I was bought quite a a lot of posters. Again, if you're a similar age to me, on a lot of Christian walls were a lot of posters that were sort of cool looking, but now you look back and you're like, okay, they're a bit outdated. And one of them, uh, a lovely family that I'd grown up with, the Grogans, bought me a poster. And I had it on my wall for years, let me tell you. And it said, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? You can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Whoever claims to live in Christ must walk as Jesus walked. Whoever claims to live in Christ must walk as Jesus walked. I love this passage. Um, It's a truth, isn't it? that I remind myself of daily. Lots of people have mantras. It seems to be like a cool thing nowadays to have a mantra that you live your life by. But this is something that I hold to. But it's also a big challenge, isn't it? 
Whoever lives, who, who, <laughs> you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Whoever claims to live in Christ must walk as Jesus walked. I know that in my power, I am not going to manage to walk as Jesus walked. But how did Jesus live? The Gospels are full of examples of how Jesus lived when he was a human on earth. We see that he loved those in society that had been cast out, that other people thought were trash, the downtrodden, the criminals, the untouchables. Jesus stood up for what was right and what was just, didn't he? He didn't take kindly to people when they went against God. He didn't let those people off. He didn't let the Pharisees and the teachers who were so full of religiosity crack on. He threw over the tables in the temple and he called them all out all the while. He taught people the heart of God. All the time he modelled it. Jesus practised what he preached. (laughs) That's a hard one. He lived in community. He fellowshiped daily. He had his three, his 12 and his 72. He did life with those people around him. But Jesus also took his own time with God. He prayed and he listened. It tells us he went up on the mountainside and spent time alone with God. The Bible tells us Jesus was gentle and humble of heart. Who hates it when they hear Jesus being called meek and mild? Oh, it sounds so ugh and dry, doesn't it? But he was humble and gentle. But Jesus was also all-powerful and had all authority in heaven and on earth. And Jesus was patient and faithful and obedient and humble and a truth seeker, speaker and bringer. He was compassionate. He was servant-hearted. He was loving and forgiving and gentle. And we could just keep going and we'd still be here at tea time tonight, wouldn't we? And I would love to be all of those things. And do you know what? A lot of the time, I really strive to be Christ-like. I'm sure most of us do here. But sometimes I live in the natural me, not in the redeemed me. I live in the natural me, which is messy, not in the redeemed me, which is made perfect through the blood of Jesus. I screw up. And in the passage from John today, it could be a little bit of a scary read, couldn't it? It says, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. And it's true. God wants us to live a life of obedience. Who's good at that? Living in obedience. We're all looking. I'm not a naturally obedient person. If someone, you know, I spoke about Jonah two weeks ago. I'm more like him. If someone tells me something, I'm going to go, well, I'm going to do the opposite. (laughs) Who has that attitude? No? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have that attitude. Um, Now, I have to be careful. I'm going to read what I wrote here. When you were young, some of you are still very young, and all of you look very youthful. (laughs) (laughs) I used to like to go out and have a little party. Anyone here? I still like to party, let's not, but I used to go out, and I may have been a lot younger than 18, 
And my parents are pretty cool parents. They're quite chill in a lot of things. But I still didn't have the, the feeling that they would be cool with me coming in, stumbling in, shall we say, from going out when I was 16, 15. So I would go out, party. I would drink, smoke, and have fun. And then, as I was on my way back to my house, I would go into full-blown Mission Impossible to cover up the fact that I'd been out doing things that I wasn't, my parents weren't hugely, you know, okay about. So, did anyone else do this? I would spray my hair, first of all, because when I was younger and you go out, everyone smoked in the club still, didn't they, in the pubs? So you used to have to, like, cover your hair in hairspray and lacquer and everything. And then I'd spray myself head to foot in perfume. And then I'd inhale a packet of mints, and then I'd be chewing gum, and chewing gum, and chewing gum. And then I would do my best impression of being responsible, and not tipsy at all. And your parents can tell, can't they? <laughs> You're trying really hard to hold it all together. No matter how hard I tried, my mum just always knew. Do you have, did you have a parent like that? My mum just always knew. God always knows what we are up to, doesn't he? He always knows what we are up to. And yet sometimes we don't want to let God in in case he sees something that we don't want him to see. We're like, no, 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 we'll keep that bit. But we're a bit daft, aren't we, us humans like that? We kind of have this battle of not wanting to let God in because of all the grotty parts in our life. But also we know that God is our Father, and he knows everything. It's actually us not wanting to admit it to ourselves, isn't it? To own the rubbish that's going on inside of us. But God wants honesty in our relationship with him. Not the kind of honesty that's one-sided. Not the kind of honesty we might... Have you ever encountered a friend who's like, oh, I don't like that outfit on you. Oh, I don't like the way you cook this. No, no, we don't want that kind of honesty that's one-sided. We don't want the honesty with God where we're like, God, why didn't you do this for me? God, what's going on? I told you that I needed to see movement on this now. He wants true honesty. He wants, take me as I am. That amazing song, Mighty to Save. Take me as I am. All my fears and failures fill my life again. Because in the ideal God wants us not to sin. So we're still getting to know one another here. Hello, everyone. I'm starting to get a few names. It was a big achievement this week when I saw four names in a list and I knew all the faces of those people. Yeah. It was good. But we're still getting to know each other. And some of you may know that I used to be um, a children's and families pastor in former. And I would describe sin as anything. I'm waiting to see if my niece knows what I'm going to say. She does. Sin is anything that doesn't put a smile on God's face. So sin is anything that doesn't put a smile on God's face. Now, it's a little bit of a simple way to explain it, but it's an easy way. Once sin entered the world, it instantly became infectious. Sin gets everywhere. So um, who likes going to the seaside? 
Anyone like going to the seaside? I love going to the seaside. But you know when you've been, because there's sand in your car for six months, isn't there, after you've been, and no matter how much hoovering you do, you can't get rid of it. And then you'll pull out a pair of shoes and you'll be like, oh, there's sand in the bottom of my shoes. Or you'll pull out a bag six months later and there's some. Oh, you'll pull out your Christmas decorations and think, how did sand get in there? <laughs> Sin is like that. It's infectious. We all, every single one of us, fall short of the glory of God. But he made a way. Amen? Amen. Jesus made a way. Because even though in the ideal, God wants us not to sin, he also made a plan for when we inevitably do. And John wrote in that passage, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. When we try and act like we're perfect, like we've not done anything wrong, we deny that God is all-powerful, and he has already made a way. So, Walking the walk. Who here receives Zio emails? This is, a good, this is a good question. Put your hand up if you receive Zio emails. Put your hand up if you don't, but you'd like to. Oh, Channing Kai, yes, love that. Go see the back later and you can get on them. So, um, two weeks ago, I wrote my first email to everyone. I did get it spell-checked, so hopefully it was all right. <laughs> And it was about being salty. And salty in a biblical sense, not in a muggy sense, like, oh, they've been so salty. But salty in a good way, in a biblical sense. In Matthew 5, it says, salt and light. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And I challenge us all to be salty, to be the seasoning of Jesus in our interactions with each other. And yesterday I was put to the test. So I... Guys, um, if you were here for the celebration last time, um, church bought me some trainers. Thank you, guys. Um, I loved that Amy had that word because I love shoes, particularly trainers, um, because I'm a child still. And so it was awesome. Um, But I went to collect them yesterday from the shop. And it took half an hour, even though it was just a click and collect. You can tell that my patience was probably wearing thin. And I went in, and the people in the shop were quite rude to me and, um, and didn't apologise and were faffing about and at one point just left me and carried on serving other people. Now, the, the human me, the natural me, wants to Karen out at this point. Everyone knows what Karen is, don't they? I want to Karen out. Like, I am not good at this. I have some anger issues that I'm working on, some slight road rage maybe that I have on occasion but I but I knew Nicola you called everyone to be salty think about what you said you need to be salty in this situation in this situation who used to wear what would Jesus do 
bracelets. Did anyone used to do that? Yeah, we still have them. What would Jesus do? I thought, what would Jesus do in this situation? Okay, I'm going to try hard. I am not Jesus. It's not going to be perfect, but I am going to try hard. And so a man came and stood next to me in the queue, and he was waiting for Click and Collect as well. And he was moaning about how long it was taking, and he was getting a little irate. And I was like, hold it down, Nicola, hold it down. And then I was like, he was like, you're being very calm. And I was like, thank you. I said, oh, actually, let me tell you why I'm being calm. I said, I've just started as a pastor of a church, and... um, I told everyone that they needed to be salty and that they needed to try and show Jesus in all interactions. I said, and I think Jesus is trying to teach me in this interaction. He was like, oh, okay. Looked a little bit scared, but that's okay. (laughs) Still went for it. And he said, okay. And I said, like, I just think that we need to be kind, that people are really stressed. And actually, if we just try and be a bit better, then maybe they're going to have a better day. Anyway, he loved it. He then went and got his wife, introduced me. Lovely. Great experience. But however, I tried to be salty in that situation. And the reason I tell it is because my face needed delivering still. (laughs) I I wasn't giving off good vibes to the people behind the counter. I was trying hard. I was trying not to carry out. I wasn't shouting, which in the natural, I can be confrontational. Like, in all honesty, I would have just been like, no, Do you know what? Jesus would have done a lot better than me in that situation. He would have gone, probably, do you know what? Like, I see that you're really busy. I'm not going to bother you. I'm just, I'm going to leave you be now and I'll come back at a better time. He wouldn't have stood there and gave him glaring looks like I did at certain points. But I tried. I tried in that situation. And for all of us, it's one step at a time, isn't it? It's one degree of glory at a time. And God loves a trier. I love that saying because he really does. God loves a trier. And I read this um, tale of a girl who said this on that passage. She says, I know why Christ said you are the salt of the earth because salt makes folks thirsty and Christians should make others thirsty for Christ. Are we in our walk making other people thirsty for Christ? So has anyone here ever been to the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican? Yeah, I googled it. Turns out I have been there. Um, So I loved it. It was beautiful. I was so excited when I went because I saw the Pope poking his head out the window. And that was more interesting to me. But it is beautiful, isn't it, the Sistine Chapel? And um, I'm looking at my notes to see what I wrote about it. Oh, here we go. So in the chapel on the ceiling, if we look up at our ceiling now, have a quick look up. There's no art, but it's it's a nice ceiling. It's clean. It's pleasant, isn't it? But do you get neck ache if you're looking up too long? We all get neck ache, don't we? So in the Sistine Chapel, they give you uh, mirrors when you go in so that you can look up at the paintings of Michelangelo on the ceiling, which is awesome. And that is a little bit like what Jesus wants for us. He wants people to see Jesus himself reflected through us. For the way that we interact with people, the way that we love people, the way that we care for people, the way that we forgive people. He wants us to be like that. And yet, when we fall, when we mess up, mess up when we struggle and feel like giving up in that moment is when we need to turn to God and ask him for his forgiveness because we all have access to forgiveness through the sacrifice of Jesus. So, 
this week, I want to challenge all of us to not just talk the talk. I can hear Stormzy playing. Oh, I love it. Anyway, there we go. I'm not hearing things, I promise you. I can hear someone's playing Stormzy there. Um, So, our challenge this week, let's not just talk the talk. It's easy to talk the talk. Let's not be the only thing that many view the church at. How many people have non-Christian, non-believing friends and relatives, and they say, oh, the church is full of hypocrites. Yeah, we hear that often, don't we? Oh, the church is full of hypocrites. Often it is. Let's not be like that. Let's not be hypocritical. Let's try hard. Whatever that looks like for us as individuals, we're all different. We're all going to have different struggles, aren't we? And yet the struggle is real. Let's ask for forgiveness when we fall short. Let's not pretend that God doesn't know what's going on because God knows. Let's walk the walk. Let's follow the examples of Jesus with all our being. Let's love with the heart of God. Let's let the beauty of Jesus, isn't Jesus beautiful? Let's let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us. Let's be forgiven and let's be salty. I go back to what my poster said when I was younger. You can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Whoever claims to live in Christ must walk as Jesus walked. Oh, Lord God, that is our prayer that we always know that we are to come as we are. All our fears and our failures all in the areas that we try and hide from you, God, but you know about. We pray, Lord God, that in the name and the light of Jesus, that you would just shine a light on them. (laughs) That the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never overcome it. It can never overcome it. We are redeemed because of your blood. We thank you, God, that we can come to your table today and that we can drink and eat from it and have true forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. So church, be blessed this week. Be blessed in your coming and your going. Be blessed in your walking the walk and not just talking the talk. I pray that all of our our interactions with other people, we would be blessed and they would be blessed Because where we go, we are taking holy ground with us. That all that we do would be an encounter that shines to Jesus. We would be those mirrors that point to Jesus. And let's remember, let's be blessed in forgiveness as well. That when we do mess up, which we inevitably do, God forgives us. He has his arms open wide to us. And he says, come my child, I love you. I am with you and I want a relationship with you. Amen.